Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Gambit podcast. This is a Grand Arena-focused podcast, for those of you that don't know. Uh, I am here with my good friend, Zareth. Zareth, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, Solo. I'm not throwing away my shot. <laughs> I've, I've had, uh, we recently watched Hamilton for the first time, and I'm, I have it stuck in my head constantly right now, so... Uh, that's the way it works, and for the next two years, it will be stuck in your head as well. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, yeah, it was really engaging. I I am appalled that it took me this long to discover it, frankly. <laughs> yes, you and me both. I'm appalled for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you just wait till I find something to be appalled about that you did. Yes. Uh, All right. So, guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you to everyone that's here. Uh, We see you in chat. Um, Since this is our podcast and getting recorded, we will acknowledge you the best we can. Most likely, it will be in writing, though. That way, we can keep the podcast free and clear for all of those that are uh, listening at home afterwards, or in the car, or listening anywhere, really. But we are very glad to have you here. Um, thank you, guys. Yeah. Just because just we don't acknowledge you doesn't mean we don't love you. <laughs> right. It might right. mean we don't love you, but it doesn't mean we don't nest like, it, you know, it doesn't mean we don't. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Unless you're derp, and then we don't. Uh, but I don't think he's here, so... <laughs> All right, it's so good let's to sneak that in early. <laughs> <laughs> got it, got it. All right, so let's get this started. We actually have, for uh, there being no GAC this past week, we actually have a lot to talk about. <laughs> um, so let's start off with Grand Arena is back, and it is five v five as we podcast here today. I. Uh, you can join. I haven't yet. I have not made that mistake this time because I'm hoping to get Wedge to G13 beforehand for his fleet because, and big drum roll, the big issue with this one is we now have two fleets to place in Division One and Division Two. Um, what do you think about that? Oof. Dude, that, that's been consuming my life these last few <laughs> days. Like, I... I don't know. Like we've been talking about it for a long time on this cast, actually. Uh, like, hey guys, just so you know, we're gonna get two ships in the zone. Like we knew that. We we've been projecting it for months, really. And yet, this really surprised me. I think because it said on the announcement, it said something about one fleet, or it probably said one fleet zone or something. Yeah. But. Like their announcement said, you know, it said one fleet for this season. So I took that to mean that we were going to have it be, um, you know, only one fleet to worry about. But that being said, man, I, I've been having a lot of fun with rebels actually in <laughs> fleet. I've barely lost anything, barely lost any fights at all with rebels. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's because, um, what's your best in it? <laughs> well you know we were, too, were this is you're stealing away my only thing that i worked on this whole week for uh, for gac <laughs> i am but <laughs> but uh yeah like it's um i went from i got my biston from gear 12 plus three 
to gear 12 plus four. And that allowed me to get my uh, Biston's U-Wing up to, um, up to what, uh, 152 speed, which is the threshold you need because, gosh, that rhymed. It's like I'm making my own Hamilton here. <laughs> gosh, can't even say that without. Anyways, um, it's a 152 speed on... Biston's U-Wing, and, and once you do the math, all the TM games and everything, uh, if you're facing a negotiator fleet that gets you to uh, just one point faster than the um, Edda Starfighter, the Jedi Knight Anakin Starfighter, which is vital, like you'd need to be able to move before he does with Biston's U-Wing to have it be more consistent. Um, so that's like the invisible line for that fleet, and I crossed it. And I am missing that gear. I didn't want to put that on Biston. He didn't deserve it. But <laughs> he does but not. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's got to earn that stuff. So hmm. I've been loving it. How have, uh, and I've been consumed and I've been concerned. How have you been dealing with it, Solo? I have not cared. <laughs> that's, that's how I've been dealing with it. Um, Especially this first week. Well, let me rephrase that. I did this week push to get the Y-Wing to um, seven stars before GA lock. So I do have that. Um, so I will at least have a Y-Wing for fleet. My Biston and Scarif Rebel Pathfinder are both gear eight. So I'm not going to rush them uh, before this GA lock, especially with Galactic Legend Luke coming next week, which we will talk about shortly. Um, so I am going into this next week, planning on just taking Negotiator and Malevolence on offense. I practiced all week, and by practiced, I mean I just did my arena climb with uh, my Negotiator fleet without Houndstooth in it, and called it a day. Uh, you have put much, much much more thought into this this week than I have. <laughs> um, and we'll see who's right. Honestly, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a good answer of who's right. We'll, we'll see, man. I, uh, I just, I don't want to get caught with my pants down unless it's a situation where I want to have my pants down, you know, like I just want to be in a situation where I, I have at least evaluated all all eventualities that I could have figured out like you know here's the thing you know we talk about having a plan a lot on this podcast and I think that's that's well that's wonderful that's how it should be uh I also think that you should also give yourself a little bit of uh grace sometimes if there you just come across something you're like oh I was as proactive as I could and I just I had no idea that existed or that anyone could ever do that. Like, like the, my second match with E. Abattoir was a great example. Like he had a composition that I just hadn't even, I should have, but I hadn't ever dreamed up like the Kylo plus Malak. And I just didn't have a good answer for it. I wasn't prepared for it. And like, I couldn't clear because of it. So, yeah. I mean, yes, I take the blame for losing. It's the L on my record, all of that. But I mean, I like, I like to give myself as much of a chance as I can. I realize no one can know everything, though, I guess is what I'm trying to convey. Yeah, yeah, I, I, which I, I understand. I mean, I'm not 
I actually am not criticizing you when I say how much thought you put into it. I am kind of both jealous and (laughs) not at the same time because, so here's my thinking on this. You know, you have said throughout the week that you want to place at least, at least one of negotiator malevolence on defense. I fully will not be doing that. And here's my logic behind it. I can consistently beat malevolence with my negotiator for uh, what I'm doing in arena is 64 banners. And honestly, the malevolences I'm facing in arena are much harder than the ones that we usually face in grand arena. So I have that down without houndstooth. Um, And so it all comes down to malevolence first negotiator, which 90% of the team comps I can beat without even calling a reinforcement. Um, So my logic on this is even if I put two quote unquote bad teams down on defense, they're not going to be bad, bad. They're just not going to be good. Um, They're not going to be able to outscore me by that much. And in the 24 battles between my two accounts for Grand Arena last season, I lost a total of two matches by less than, or a total of two matches were within 10 points of each other. I actually won one and then I lost the other. Um, both of them were on my alt account. Uh, the way my defenses are just built, I, I have 10 banners to play with essentially. So, I'm not going to stress about it for the first week. Now, after the first week, we're going to start to see patterns develop. After the, after the second week, we'll generally have uh, much more information for patterns. So I'm open to changing the strategy. But for the first week, I want to play it safe and be able to clear fleets without stressing, essentially. Yeah, so 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 uh, there, there's a few things I want to say about this. So I think that there is actually a great chance that you're right here. Um, I, <laughs> I honestly, like that. <laughs> like, like, well, if, you know, here's the thing. Like, we're we always uh, we always have these debates. You know, every once in a while, like you and I are pretty well aligned on a lot of this stuff about competitive uh, competitive things in this game, and that that's great. That's what makes our uh, podcast good in a lot of ways uh, because we have that combined front. We can tell all of the uh, filthy casuals what's what, but um, I mean, uh, we do have, we do have the same understanding. The thing is we do have some contentious things, like some things that we, you know, are vying for, you know, you think that uh, Asajj or that Mother Talzin's the better lead for Night Sisters. I think Asajj is better. And, you know, I was right until they changed uh, into Relics and then you became right. And uh, I guess the thing is, like, even though it kind of cost me a little to admit that now Asajj is not as good as Talzin, uh, in my opinion, like, it's still, like, I, I'm I'm much more of, like, a, well, if it works, then I'm going to do that. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to have this, like, well, I, you know, I chose this hill to die on, like, <laughs> You know, I refuse to admit that I'm that I was wrong, and it just material hurts materially hurts me. Like that's not the nature of being competitive, in my opinion. Um, right, it's not. Uh, you know, like just 
go ahead. Uh, the being different for the sake of being different is, I, I think, would be the opposite of being competitive. It's more of being stubborn and refusing to do what's best. Right. I feel like stubbornness is, I mean, it's the opposite of flexibility. And I feel like to be competitive, you do need like a certain level of flexibility. Now you're going to go into this week with, uh, you know, like the hope that you can just punt. And I'm with you there. I'm hoping that, I mean, usually my hope is like, okay, if we, if I can get the same score in fleet as my opponent and I'm good, like I'll, I'll, I'll out, play them on, you know, on ground. Like I'm, I'm, I know that maybe that's cocky, but that's, that's my goal usually going into fleets. And now it's shifted a little bit. Um, now it's like, okay, so you're right. A lot of, a lot of the compositions we're facing are uh, like, we, we, you can just do like the reverse double mirror kind of thing. Like where, like you said, uh, you have your negotiator kill malevolence and then malevolence kill negotiator and you're just good. Like you, you get 60 plus banners in each and your opponent probably gets about the same using their off meta versus your extremely off meta defenses and you call it good. Um, I guess my biggest thing though is I feel like there's a certain level of pressure that you can put on your opponent. If you can pull off the double uh, get two GET2 fleets, uh, Malevolence and Negotiator on defense and still get good banners with your off meta teams against, uh, you know, if you could beat both of those, both of their uh, off meta or on meta teams, you know, their two Malevolence, uh, I guess we could call them their two Geonosian uh capitals if you can beat the two geon ocean capital ships uh with your off metas then you're putting a lot of pressure on them to beat your uh meta teams like if you can pull it off that that, i mean I, i play that chicken game all the time in on the ground it's like my uh i can beat their galactic legends with my off meta counters can they do the same and a lot of times they can't like they they don't win that race and that therefore I have an advantage. The real question is to me, whether that's just a perceived advantage or if I'm trying to apply one principle, the the ground principle with Galactic Legends to a thing that is entirely different. Because yeah, if I get cleared, if I can have, if my stuff gets cleared for 60 plus banners and I put put all this work into bad teams, (laughs) uh, to making them good teams, like, then the joke's on me. <laughs> it could be. Uh, but who knows? And here's the thing. We're practicing. Well, you're practicing this more than I am. I'm just practicing <laughs> negotiator. Um, and a lot of people aren't going to be doing that. I can. Or, I mean, I watch my arena shards, both of them. Uh, since I'm in two fleet arena shards, I can tell you I'm not seeing the off-meta teams pop up in arena climbs. Like, I'm just not seeing them at all, which means nobody in my arena shards, either of them, are practicing right now. All I see are the standard negotiator and malevolence comp. So um, the real question is, are they even going to be able to counter them not knowing how the teams work? So even if I put, let's say I'm not, let's say, I, I likely am putting my, 
uh, Akbar and Rebels on defense, and they have to counter it. The question is, are they going to know how to counter it? You know, um, because using Negotiator against Rebels, while I've never lost that battle, uh, you do have to know not to put three debuffs down on Biggs or the Y-Wing, because the second you do that, they cleanse, and you're going to be stuck behind the tank. Um, you know, you, you have to know that mechanic. You have to know not to bring your Houndstooth in against the Y-Wing, at least at the start, because Y-Wing's opening move is going to be the protection disruption and likely mess up your Houndstooth. Um, so I wonder how many people will actually know how to use or fight the fleets that are on defense. Well, and that's that's the question too. Like, in a way, it, it's it's like you know we we debate now if whether Geonosians are good on offense uh, versus or if they're any good on defense anymore. You you think that they're not? I think that they still have some value, um, but it, it certainly is trending that way to be more of an offensive minded team uh, as more and more counters are generated for that squad. Uh, but when they first came out. It's like, if you don't use Treya, most people were like, I'm screwed. I used Treya way too early on a different squad that I shouldn't have. And now the Geonosians in the back, I'm, I'm like completely screwed. I don't have the teams to deal with them. Yeah. And in a way that's, it, it, you know, people don't know how to deal with these things in that. So you're like putting, putting a, I remember seeing Kleso, our buddy Kleso, uh, he fought a Radis composition on defense in Grand Arena a while ago, and he came really damn close to losing that yeah. fight, like really close. And I don't know, I didn't go back and watch. I told myself I would, uh, <laughs> but I apparently lied. And uh, the fact is, though, like, I, I don't know if it was because of, like, who fights the Radis, who even messes with that? Like, maybe it was just him not knowing what is going on with Radis. Uh, you know, or maybe it's actually a legitimately good composition. I've talked to the guys over on the fleet server, the Discord fleet server, and you know, they a lot of them actually think that the Radis is stronger uh, than the finalizer, which surprised the heck out of me. I'll say that. I could see that. I, I actually could see that. Um, I really like the Radis's kit, and I really like the resistance ships. I mean, you look at say something like Ray's Millennium Falcon and good Lord, when she does her AOE with five of the, what was it after? I forget the buff name. It's like afterburner, overburn, something, something. Um, you use that AOE and like every ship on the opposing team loses all of their protection and some health. Justin from her, I guess it's not opening. It's her second turn move. And every ship has lost their protection. It's amazing. I, part of that, of course, is because most people have um, the resistance pilots at gear 13 and scav ray at R7 because of going for ray. But still, that's, you know, nowadays most fleets have an R5 plus pilot. Right. Well, and that's. Dude, it's such a weird landscape. Like we have all these pilots that we never use ever. Like, 
I barely know anything about any of these capital ships beyond like the the three main ones. Like we have Rebels and Malevolence and Negotiator, and I don't know much about the rest because I don't I haven't had to. Like I never even played the Mace fleet. Like I know that his uh, his ultimate's the best because it doesn't actually hurt me. <laughs> yeah, I so I ran I ra- I actually ran the Mace fleet twice. I ran it back in Ships 1.0 with the target lock team because he applies target lock on his basic where the whole idea was just put target lock on the five opening ships and then have fives come in as your first reinforcement and, you know, boom. Uh, But then right before millennium Falcon came out, I ran the mace timeout team just to be annoying on my shard and not drop basically. And mace was just on the cusp of being so good. And then, then Millennium Falcon came out with the dispel on basic and there goes Mason, all of his um, bonus protection. Uh, I don't expect that we see many Maces on the field when we, when we enter Grand Arena though. (laughs) I just, you know, of all the fleets, unfortunately Mace is probably sitting there, at the bottom. If for no other reason the negotiator is going to steal at least your five best Galactic Republic ships. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Dude, it... How can you use Mace right now alongside Negotiator? Like, what's the plan? Uh, you don't? Legitimately, I I, I don't think you can. Uh, Because if you look at those mace fleets way back in the day to time out people, it was, it still had Houndstooth, it had Anakin, it had Plo. Um, Those were really the big three that made that team tick. You're not going to you're not going to use all those fleets or all those ships on, on a mace team now, because you're going to use Anakin and at the very least, you're going to use Anakin with uh, negotiator. Now you could have houndstooth on a mace fleet. You probably could get away with putting Plo on a mace fleet, but then there's zero offense and they can just take knack bar against you and, basically roll over you with all of their dispel. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Yeah. Dude, so we need so much for ships. It I, like I've yeah. just been I've been saying it for a while. You've been saying it. We need so many ships right now. If we're gonna have two fleets, dude, I did I've, I realized, okay, so I'm actually looking forward to my climb in fleets now because I have this new fancy fleet that I've had this whole time that I just didn't realize <laughs> could actually climb so efficiently. But like, I, I've discovered that for me, I don't, ca- I don't mind ships as much as the stagnation. I hate the stagnation yeah. that has been fleets. Like, I'll learn all the mechanics if we actually have a bunch of different like theory crafting potential. But to me, in my mind, I felt like it's been so like just set in stone. Like it's like, okay, we have the millennium Falcon meta for what, like 15 months or something like that, maybe even more. 
And now we've had, someone was telling me that's been well over a year since we've had negotiator and malevolence. And it's like, it's just so stale with it. Like when everyone's, we get, we get a rebel Y wing and we get the tie bomber and everyone's like, no way we get new ships. Like, you, (laughs) you know, that it's just a stagnant, awful situation. And I, whatever, like, I, I would be good with having more fleets and more theory crafting potential. Though if they give us more ships, I'll probably want more, I probably want more ships on the map. I don't know. I, I just, right now it's made a much more interesting because before it was like, you didn't need anything else but negotiator or malevolence or maybe both. You need, you need both probably. Um, and then you, beyond that, like you're good. You don't need anything else because arena climb, you need one fleet. GAC, you need two max, maybe just one and put some garbage in the back if you need to be able to make sure you win on offense. And now we need four minimum. And if you mess up on one of your attacks, then you need five or six. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so it's, in prep on both of my accounts, I boosted my GP by 80,000. At least my alt account was boosted by 80,000 this past week because I just went in and applied every ship Omega and every reinforcement ability I had. And the reason I did that is I just never had to before. Like, you know, you do the challenges, you get the ship Omegas, you get the reinforcement abilities, whatever. I never once looked at them unless we got a new ship. Uh, so last night, I literally just went in onto both my accounts, boosted my GP by 80,000, and applied every ship Omega and every resistance abil- or reinforcement ability I could because A, I have no clue what ships I'm going to need. B, I want to have the oh crap ships ready just in case I need to clean something up. Um, God forbid you lose to a negotiator right now, you're probably not cleaning it up. Like, realistically, you're just... Unless you took out Anakin and you took out Houndstooth or Y-Wing, and it's only, like, Plo and Jedi Consular left. If you leave Anakin up or you leave the Y-Wing up in the negotiator fleet, you're just not clearing it right now. Because you need one other good fleet on offense, which you've probably already used to clear the other fleet. You need two fleets on defense. And unless you put, you know, your worst two fleets on defense, they're going to be decent. Um, You know, we might see a lot less full clears here. Well, so... I guess we can move on a little bit to just to like implications. I think so. Yeah. So our, uh, you know, I made a whole video on it and you can tell how nervous people are about the fleets. Cause that was like my hugest video for a while uh, for a couple of weeks. Cause you know, I just talked about my speculation about fleets and everything and like people are nervous about it, but here's the thing. Like, so, so they, they've expanded the, they've, they've, you know, like uh, moved the goalposts farther for, for Kyber but uh, in return, we also have the opportunities to earn more points in, in fleets. Uh, you know, so it really, it looks pretty balanced. The big if, the big question mark in my mind here is, 
if the, you can clear the fleet zone consistently, it's actually going to be slightly easier to make Kyber. And if you can't consistently clear that fleet zone, then you are going to have a lot of trouble getting into Kyber. And that's why I'm taking my G, my G and Ocean ships on offense, at least for the first week. <laughs> yeah. that's, I, th that, that statement right there is the exact reason. Um, because I don't want to lose Kyber in the first week. Just, well, yeah. You're right. So, so it's been an interesting thing. Like before we, we could tell that the, the banners had been changed. Uh, the required banners had been changed for Kyber. Uh, that was already apparently in. So seeing some of the people's scores, like, because uh, it showed their old score, their score from last season yep. next to the new uh, point level. And it, it was just this weird thing of like, I mean, I would have easily made Kyber. I had a great season last time. You did too. Um, there yeah. were some people like our buddy uh, Ando who uh, would have made it by 41 banners <laughs> is all. And obviously it's totally, it's comparing two totally different things. So whatever. Sure. The, the implications though are like, Really, it, that's because a lot, of, a lot of our success came because we cleared fleets every single time. We didn't yep. have a match where we didn't clear fleets. And if we're suddenly not getting that 153 bonus for clearing the, that zone, which now it's what, 155, 156, something like that. It, it right. was 153. Now I think right. Endall something. told me it's going to be 188 yeah, or 186, like with, something like that. Yeah, so, you know, but if you're not consistently getting that, yeah. man, it, it, it will be a lot harder. Because if you don't do that, you're, it also implies that you're not getting your 66 or whatever, your 60 plus for, for clearing mm -hmm. that ships. Like, that's 200 every single match. If you can't clear fleets ever, that's, that's what, like 2,000? And that, that's enough to just screw you entirely out of Kyber usually. Like, that's a whole match's worth of, of GP yeah. right there. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's basically you have to go 11 and 1 to make Kyber. <laughs> which, if you're not clearing fleets, the question is, are you going to be able to go 11 and 1? Which the answer is probably not. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, though I oh. will tell you, I'm very worried. So, like you said earlier, we talked about how we knew this was coming. Um, my alt account is not ready for it, like, at all. I, I still have a six-star uh, vulture, a six-star hyena, um, and I've been farm. I've legitimately been farming them for the past two two months or so. I just, you know, one is 31 out of 100, one is 21 out of 100. Uh, and I have a three-star Galactic Republic Y-Wing because... Well, we didn't need fleets previously. <laughs> but that's that was fleets meant nothing previously. So I am going to have to do this, uh, you know, <laughs> with a, an understarred fleet. So I, I'm basically prepared to just not make Kyber on my alt uh, this time. That's that's unfortunate. I think my alt is going to throttle all competition. Really really hard but, as a fleet yeah because you cheat and you have both get two <laughs> fleets <laughs> oh it's it's like cheating it's wonderful <laughs> oh Lord. um 
Yeah, so it's it's going to be really interesting. We we'll see how how serious my alt takes it this time. You know, I might be happy with a rhodium. It it all depends. It all depends. I will say though that my negotiator is seven star. Um, so hopefully, hopefully it'll be okay. Um, we'll see. I I don't know. It's. Not looking forward to it on that account. I can see that. I mean, so so we have we have this like okay. So I'm excited for fleets. You your main account is like basically ready, but like you're not that excited. But like you're ready, you can play it at least. Yeah. Like it's playable for you. A lot of people in our GP range are gonna be ready because we've had a lot of pressure especially like in some of the guilds i've been in uh, the more competitive ones have been like hey like not not just like guys we would appreciate it if you'd work on malevolence they were like if you don't have malevolence in the next like two weeks then you need to tell us why or we will boot <laughs> you kind of thing yeah. you know like and it's it's like it's reasonable because these if, if it's a cutthroat territory war guild you need that uh, you need that input from your guys and so I, I was like, yeah, well, I, I can get it. It's no, it's no problem. But like, I was gonna always have both of those fleets as fast as possible. I was, I'm not just like, I'm not just gonna hoard my currency for it for some unknown reason. Right. Um, so I guess my, my biggest thing is like, uh, I'm ready. My alt is actually so unreasonably ready right now. It's... <laughs> Like I, I just hit division two and it's like, I have both of my good ships. I, I have all the capital ships except for the two uh, galactic legends, capital ships, basically, uh, yeah. you know, the, the Radis and the um, finalizer. And I need to work on those actually, but, but getting on a tangent, but like, otherwise I'm at 4 million GP and like I have three really strong functional fleets and no one I've met in grand arena. Like some of them have won. Right. Yeah, that, your your all is set up to continue the streak to what, 113, 114? I forget what you left was, it off on. <laughs> oh, I'm not quite in the hundreds oh, yet. Yeah. I'm in the, I think I'm at 71 or something all like right. that. So ready to continue on to 83. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like you said, I, I'm I, sh- I should be fine on my main account. Um, on my alt, though, we're we're gonna see how this goes because we're not there yet. But we're gonna talk about Galactic Legends, and we'll end up talking about who we're going for. And my alt is stuck in a very strange spot of I can only farm so many things while also gearing up for Galactic Legends. And do I go for Luke? Or do I finish off the two uh, malevolent ships? And I don't know the answer to that. Like I legitimately, right now, as we sit here, I don't know what I'm going to do. So it's in a very it's it's going to be a very interesting time period for my alt account, which for the longest time was the much more successful account between my alt and my main. Which is pretty funny, actually. Yeah. 
So this is going to change. It changes so many fundamental things about the game too. Like I've always said, like I want to have at least two, hopefully three good fleets anyways, just because it's good to be versatile, good to have that flexibility, et cetera. Um, but now it's become mandatory. Before you get to division two, you need to have at least two good fleets. Oh yeah. Prevail man is going to have interesting videos about fleets now. yeah right now i'm uh yeah i'm gearing up for gearing up to get uh the falcon as fast as i can actually but we can we can leave that discussion alone uh, (laughs) for now it's but honestly it it is just interesting and i i guess here here's the thing like we've known about they've warned us about this we this isn't that much of a surprise at all at the same time, I feel for the people in the lower, uh, at the lower levels who just haven't ever had to work on fleets or like your, your alt, you don't put a huge amount of time and effort uh, planning all of the nuances and stuff. And so you, you've, you've kind of cut some corners here and there. And right. as I see it, like I, not, not to be offensive or anything, it just like, why wouldn't you on an alt? Like, why would you put that kind of care? <laughs> the issue being uh behind that though uh, like now those corners that are cut like are just going to screw a lot of people a ton of people like someone in our chat just recently said like i didn't have a plan and now i'm going to be using my mace fleet right you know and and i'm like yeah see yeah i like having the advantage that i knew that this was going to happen kind of so i knew that you know i was kind of ready at the same time, I, I do feel for people like this is a huge shift in what is important in the game. It is. I So you talked about being surprised. Well, not surprised that it happened, but surprised of the timing. I honestly thought we were going to have one more month. I figured it would start in November, you know, kind of hit their five month anniversary. That's when they like to do announce things if you go back in history it was uh dark side uh hoth came out in november light side geo came out in november i think the mod rework mods 1.0 came out in november um I, i could be wrong there but every year they do something in november basically so i kind of just in my head and this was an assumption and we know what happens when you assume something but I kind of figured that the two fleets were coming in November. So if that happened, my all, I wouldn't have the Y-Wing, uh, the Galactic Republic Y-Wing ready, but that's, that's not what's going to cost me. It's these malevolence uh, ships. And I would have them ready in November. The problem is it's not November. We need them on September 20, well, September, yeah, 29th. <laughs> 29th yeah yeah Yeah. man uh, so i think i think people in the chat are saying this and i agree what we're gonna see this week is a ton of people just punting like you like they're just gonna put garbage in i've already seen a ton of comments i talked to good old maurice and he's like yeah i'm just gonna throw my two uh my two geo capital fleets in there you know on defense, because I think I'm good with all my other good fleets. I'm like, yeah, you would. Because that's what Com does. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's like, I'm ready. He's like, <laughs> I, I got I got Biston up to Relic Seven just in case. I was like, <laughs> what? What? Uh, all right, man, you're like, 
Dude, Good. He's so he's so funny. I, I love Gom. He's I'm talking to him about bounty hunters, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, ever since ever since it's become obvious that uh, Mando and Grief aren't going to be in the main bounty hunter team, like I've been working on Zam a lot." I was like, "Wait, who told you that? Like, who told <laughs> you? The, wait, wait, what? I feel like yeah. I'm just like so behind talking to him sometimes, but like, uh-huh. I and I still don't know what the hell he's talking about. To be clear, <laughs> like I I'm not convinced, but. He said it, and I think there's some, there's always some truth with Gom. Whether or not it's like as amazing as he is hoping it's going to be or not is another question. But like now, I'm like, should I be putting gear on Zam? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at some point, at some point, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I really want to see the stats, and I have no clue how to find the stats. Um, I want to see the stats of how many full clears there were last season compared to how many full clears there are going to be this season, just to see how big the impact was in, uh, in division one, like in our GP, I don't think it's going to be a big change in full clears because we have the GET2 ships. A lot of people were farming grief and the rebel Y-Wing anyway. Um, but in division two, <laughs> in that, you know, 4 million range, not people just don't have the ships built up. So somebody like you comes along that has both ships built up and I wonder how many full clears are going to be missed out in division two this season. Well, yeah, like I have, I'm fully capable and plan and I'm planning on being a total jerk. Of course. (laughs) For my alts. Like, you know, people are like, why don't you put stronger defenses down? I'm like, well, for my alts, my defenses are strong enough because I have good mods that I can put undergeared squads in, and it just totally tricks people. Like, right. if people don't understand the nest, like how to beat nest necessarily, um, <laughs> they don't know. Like my my gear eleven Darth Revan squad, for instance, uh, LGAC history beat uh, like gear thirteen Darth Revan squad because they tried to like not take their Malak and stuff. And it, it was like, I'm faster than you, even at gear 11. And that's what matters in that. But, but they don't, right. you know, at that GP level, they don't have the experience. And so, and then my big Trump card is like, okay, so sure. Like we went toe to toe in squads. Good for you. Like try to beat my fleet. I put the strongest <laughs> fleet possible here. And it's hard for you to have yeah. that at your level, like at your GP level, like no, nothing wrong that any of these guys did. I just have an unfair advantage in being in a stronger guild than I really warrant on that account. And so, yeah, like I have a huge, huge advantage. I don't know what you guys thought I was going to say, but I have a huge advantage <laughs> and like, I, I'm absolutely going to push it as hard as I can. You know, I'll put the hardest <laughs> fleet on defense again. Of course, of course. Um, yeah. All right. We've spent 50 minutes talking about fleets, oh, so balls. Yeah, we, we, st- have. we have a lot. We actually do have a lot to go over elsewhere. Before we do. we do that, though, very exciting news. We're actually going to remember self-promotion here. Um, oh, what's that? Yeah, that'll be yeah right? Shameless self-promotion here. In fact, you can see the screen. Um, 
this or those of you watching can see the screen. So as you know, every Friday night we do our Friday night stream where we play our Grand Arena battles on this account. And we have one very special guest. The schedule is up. It's actually going to be a very exciting month of October. Um, starting off with Friday, dear old Ando, who's sitting there in chat, um, then next week, we have the return of End All Be All. You know, he made his face cam debut on our stream. God, that was probably in July, right? Um, he will be back, though, so he'll be back next week. Uh, the following week, we have Dylar from Dylar's Twilight Tech Tactics. God, I can't speak. Um, yeah. He is sitting in our GP range. Um so it's going to be a lot of high-end fights, hopefully, that night. And then finally, uh, we're bringing Fruit Ninja Mike back uh, for the final. As you know, uh, we are in Grand Arena Center. Right now, Fruit Ninja Mike is barely, barely holding on to the top spot in our division. With And Endall is actually chomping at his heels yeah. right now. Yeah, it's Endall, Klesso, and I are... Endall is the closest. I think he's one win off. Uh, Klesso and I are two wins off. Uh, so we are just trying to catch up to him. There are three months left. We're at the halfway point. By the time Fruit Ninja Mike comes on on the 23rd, there will only be two seasons left. So it's going to be an exciting race for the championship. Yeah. Um, Dude, so, it, it's it's close. We're we're both close. Like I'm right behind, right behind. I think in fifth yeah. place. Like, yeah. and I, yeah, I caught up two spots to Fruit Ninja Mike this this season. I went eleven and one. He went nine and three. So we're. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that there's going to be some good implications there. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. And last time he came on, he went and bombed the next week. So let's, uh, you know, knock on wood. Here we go. <laughs> there. That's uh, all right. So that is, you know, that's our October schedule. It's going to be, I'm, I, I truly am excited. We have a, every week we're going to have good guests every week in the past. We've had good guests, even when clash fell asleep and woke up just as we're ending the stream. Um, it's always been, so, we've been able to pull some good talent. We thank Zareth for that one. Uh, <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's been fun, man. I think that that's really where our live stream took a turn. Like, it's always been fun and good. I feel like people have liked it. But the biggest thing, like, first off, we started using our main accounts. Like, we, at first, we were just testing using our alts. And people are like, really? Like, this is your whole big live stream thing. But <laughs> right. um, now now we're we're actually... I don't know. We're doing some, we're doing some good stuff with like, I love having our guests on. They all have a different perspective on things. It's, it's been a lot of fun to see how they are, uh, you know, how they approach things. Um, and uh, we've, uh, we've had the good fortune of having some really epic matches as well. We have, we have. So more of that to come, uh, despite what Ando was saying in chat, come on Friday. It will be a fun, fun time. Maybe we will find a way to bring in Ando's uh, drink command <laughs> into oh, our chat nice. on Friday so all Ando fans can make him drink as he's playing or at the very least activate the puppy cam because uh, that's why I'm here. 
<laughs> Good call. <laughs> so with that said, let's move on to the – it's probably bigger news than the fleet this week of we got the final requirements for the Galactic Legends. And actually, let me pull them up here um, so we can talk about them because – a lot of people are going to be saying Luke is much harder than uh, Palp, <laughs> you know, um, but everybody in RGP range is probably going to disagree with it. So final requirements for Luke, uh, the last five, it's Wedge and Biggs and Leia, the original Leia at R3. You have OG Lando at R5 and you have Hoda at R5. Um then for Palp, we have Jedi Knight Anakin at R7. You have Grand Moff Tarkin and Veers and Colonel Stark at R3 and Thrawn at R6. So, gut reaction, first time you saw these requirements, what do you think? I, I was, I laughed gleefully. <laughs> <laughs> I was, that's, yeah, I think that's yeah. the word is gleeful. Yes. <laughs> How about yeah. you? Uh, I was very happy about it. I saw the requirements, and within minutes, I had Biggs and Leia already up to G13. <laughs> um, Wedge was at gear 12, and then Lando and Hermit, are, they're crossovers from the Jedi Knight Luke event, so I already had them relics, so I just need to add a couple of relics there. Um, then when you look at Palp, I already have the Jedi Knight Anakin. I already have the Colonel Stark. Thrawn, I think I need to give one relic level to. So it's really just Veers, who I already have 12 plus 5. And Tarkin. Tarkin will take a little work, because he's at gear 11 still. Um, but he's a ship captain, so it's not going to make me mad with double fleets. So I'm happy with this. I mean, of these... <laughs> 10 that were released this past one, I have to gear up Wedge and Tarkin, basically. And I had everybody else. How absurd is that, really? (laughs) It's so strange to me, actually, because I'm wondering if they just decided that the Luke uh, requirements were too extreme and just audibled Lando and Yoda, Herman Yoda, because we already had them at Relic 3 for the Jedi Knight Luke event, and Jedi Knight Luke is required. So, like, it's nothing to put two extra Relic levels yeah. on characters that already have Relics. Like, I, I shouldn't say nothing, but, like, it's hardly an inconvenience. It's not even getting us up to Relic 6, like, where it really starts getting hard. Like, that's... Those right. are gimmies. Those are so easy. And I can't, like, for us, the for the Sith Eternal Emperor, like also really easy for me like the only ones that i really need to put anything on is veers is only gear 12 tarkin's only gear 12 and everyone else is like i need a one relic i only need what two extra relics total for um the for stark and thrawn and anakin combined so right super forgiving i am very happy with these final requirements and so as i was talking about earlier of this creates the problem for my alt account of I am so close (laughs) to 
this Galact- or to Galactic Legend Luke on my alt account that I have to start farming Chupio and Mon Mothma now, which is why I can't farm the ships. This is why we have the problem because uh, let me pull it up. I think I only have four characters to gear for my alt account. Um, now, granted, I know, and, and I do think we have to say for the younger players, the younger accounts, Luke is obviously just not realistic anytime soon. Um, but for us, you know, my alt account is 6.4 million now, thanks to my fleet barrage um, last night. But I literally, the only characters that I don't have at gear 12 on my alt are old Ben, who I have to gear up to gear 13 for the Jedi Knight Luke team anyway, then Chupio and Mon Mothma. Everybody else is at least gear 12 for me. So I, I have to farm Chupio and Mon Mothma and farm them fast, apparently. I guess so. <laughs> That's Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was very excited. We're going to be getting the kit likely this week. Rumor is that Chrome is showing up on the Galactic War Report again this weekend. Um, rumor is that it's to talk about uh, the uh, Galactic Legends kits. And uh, my guess is Galactic Legends come next week, that we're talking about the kit next Monday, and then the farm begins on, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. That, that's my guess. I think you're right, Solo. I think that that's what we're going to see. Um, I think that's what we're going to see. This is very doable for me. I, I'll have, I'll be able to, I don't know if I'll be able to start immediately once they're released, but I'll, it'll be within a day or two for sure that I'll be able to start farming for Grumpface Luke. And the biggest question to me right now is what we're going to do, um, what we're going to do in the in between. Because I'll tell you what, I, I gave you that list yesterday, mm-hmm. just like we were talking about, do we go straight for Sith Eternal Emperor right away? Or... Do we take a minute, take a break, and just do a couple of vital characters that move on? Like, I would love to get relics on Mando and Grief. Despite what Gom said, I would love to get some relics on some Mothma characters. That, like, I don't think that the Mothra team that is good, or that they were being given, like they were being forced to farm with Wedge and Biggs and Lando. People are like, hey, we get a Mothma team. I'm like, that's not a good Mothma team. No, no, it's you not. Know. I would love to get a relics on Cara Dune. She is actually fantastic on that squad. Like, I, she, I think that that's the unanimous thing. I've I've only seen yeah. people saying good things about about that. So, uh, you know, about her on that team. So I have her get at seven stars already. I, I would love to put relics on her. Like, there's a whole list of like seven or eight characters I'd love to relic up. I think that's too many though. I need to get the fourth Galactic Legend so that you guys don't have to listen to me whining about how I had to face four and I only had three. So you know, right. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it for the greater good, but <laughs> like how, how soon am I going to go for it? I don't know. Like, you know, yeah, I am 100% after I get Luke getting care doing up. Um, there's not a doubt in my mind that is happening. <laughs> like, um, because 
every time I've failed against a, uh, a Mon Mothma team, it's because of Cara Dune. Like, we went up against one in te- our territory war on Tuesday. And so I went in with my Treya team, and I ended up timing out against against uh, this Cara, or this Mon Mothma team because my Scion in a five-minute fight, got a total, a total of three turns. One AoE after the first minute of fighting, and I would have won easily because they were all sitting in the red with no protection. It was just one bar of health, basically, because of all the assists. And then he never got a turn because Cara Dune just got so many turns that she was able to reduce my turn meter basically every time. In fact, um, Pau had the Zeta on that team, which is why she got so many turns, because she was constantly gaining turn meter. And, oh, that's what I did this week. I forgot to put that on our list, but that made me apply the Pau Zeta this week. Um, Because the turn meter reduction and then increase for them was just so absurd, and it was so good. (laughs) So good. Yeah, dude, I I love the. I, w- I wish I could have seen it, honestly. I um, I honestly should have recorded it. Like I was just sitting there, and you know my phone is set that after thirty sex, uh, yeah, thirty seconds of not touching it, um, it goes dark. Just you know, power saving, blah blah blah. It it my phone turned off on me because I just sat there like watching the screen, not touching anything. It's like, am I gonna get a turn? Am I gonna get a turn? I did get a turn from. Four minutes left to two minutes left. <laughs> uh, That's so nuts. I love I love that. I'm excited to try it. Um, yeah. But yeah, we should we should probably move on. Honestly, like this is this is exciting. We're gonna get our Galactic Legends. The requirements aren't as completely obnoxious as they were for the original two. Uh, that being said, someone starting the new the game anew has a lot of work to do. Yes, yes. They're not getting Luke anytime soon. And I do feel bad for those people. Like, CG basically told me I'm going for Luke because of these requirements. But um, yeah, if you haven't been doing Hoth for, uh, you know, your territory battle for two years, um, you're, you're not going for Luke anytime soon, which, you know, I've, I'm on record of saying I thought that was a stupid idea. Um, but that's what CG decided. So that's what we have. It is indeed what we have. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll keep you guys updated on what's good with Galactic Legends. Yes. Yes, we will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's see. So we, we don't have Grand Arena to really talk about this week. Uh, you know, our, we had, we had good, we had grand, good Grand Arenas. Oh, actually, here, before we do that, uh, something we just wanted to discuss here, um, a thought occurred to me. Like, I, So I, I keep, it's a common occurrence, guys, that I see, I see this thing where uh, people say like, oh, well, CG's releasing another character, and characters aren't content. <laughs> like, that, you know, like, give us actual content. And I don't know, I know that that's not necessarily, like, we just got the Galactic Challenges, which are... I don't know. 
Uh, like no one's really saying much about them either way. Uh, you know, the people on Reddit don't find anything to complain about, but I feel like the overall sentiment has been like, okay, like what well, we got, we got some content, but like before that and after that, like the, the we're always going to have this debate of like, so they release a new character or a new squad even. And they're like, and people say like new characters are not content. And I'm just curious, Solo, I, I didn't actually ask you what you actually thought about it. I just said we should talk about this. What are your thoughts? Is, are new characters being released, new character releases, should they be considered content? Uh, I don't know if they should be considered content. I can tell you I am much more excited when a new character gets released than when any new game mode gets released. Like I don't want more game modes added. I don't want more content that's going to take up my time unless unless they make the old content go away faster. So let me sim the Sith Raid and I'll be happy. <laughs> um, let me, you know, sim the first four assault battles or whatever it is and I'm happy. When you talk about new characters, I genuinely get excited because of the potential to bring them into different teams. Like when Piet was launched, I mean, or Chupio, those were ex exciting times for me. Um, so I don't know if you can call them content. I can tell you that they make me more excited than new content though. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and I, th I think that they, it is new content, frankly, like, it fundamentally changes the structure of the game and the interactions that we see. Yeah, I, I, that that's perfectly fair. I, I think that you can define content a few different ways. I know how Reddit defines it. I generally disagree with Reddit always. So I, I'm more than happy to go with your definition of content. <laughs> Dude, the other day I saw someone posting something super reasonable and I accidentally downvoted it because I was like, I was so surprised <laughs> to see it. I was like... I was like, I feel strong emotions. What do I do when I feel strong emotions on Reddit? I downvote. <laughs> My, and I, I rectified yeah. that. But I was like, whoa, that, that, was, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't I, uh, even a misclick, but go ahead. My, so my favorite insult ever directed at me, and it, it, this literally is my favorite insult now, is so some troll was on your Facebook page. And so uh, I responded to him, and his, his comment was, go back to Reddit where you belong. And I was like, I, I have to give you credit, sir. Well, well played. Well played. <laughs> um, <laughs> that guy was fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, new characters are better for the game than whatever new game mode they're dreaming up. Like we talk about this raid that's potentially coming in November. And I, I think, I think it is going to be a raid. Um, there's rumors of the beta testing now with ships in P1. And I don't ever trust those rumors, but when CG is coming out and saying something big is going to be happening for our fifth anniversary, my guess is it's going to be that raid. Um, I am not looking forward to that in the slightest. I am probably going to be quite cranky that entire every time the raid comes up, trying to get my 2% in each phase, which is going to require ridiculous ships. Um, yeah, so give me characters over new content any day. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I I don't think. I just especially with an alt man, it just takes so much time. A new game mode, I'm like, I don't have time. I I was thinking about doing this raid. The <laughs> if we have a new raid, and I remember how much time we had to spend on that, especially because we were in a guild that had a bunch of underachievers who didn't really want to farm the random characters. Which mm -hmm. I get it. It's like you don't have a good account and we're telling you to farm uh, to like relic not relic but to farm up like pow and stuff <laughs> yeah. or, or like yeah. greedo and, and just just random crap that you know pow's good or at least he's decent he has a place now but he he was garbage back then and so people didn't want to spend their resources on him but you and I had to spend, like, I, I spent hours every raid trying to uh -huh. make sure we got, we crossed these thresholds. It's like, damn it, I only got 7% on Ray, uh, on my, <laughs> our, you know, Jedi training Ray on Nihilus. I need, I need 8% or we're not even going to get out of the first tier yeah. of this raid. Yep. So and, I'm going to reset yeah. again. And now I auto my JTR team on my alt for 15 to 20%. Go figure. I know it's it's completely crazy how it's yeah. I honestly I was like I don't see how anyone could ever have a solo team to be able to beat this but then Supreme Leader Kylo put on his big boy pants and he right. showed me what's what so thank yeah, god we, <clears throat> thank, thank god indeed but now I mean that that even takes a little bit of time that takes 15 minutes at least to solo it or you know because you have to you right. can't just hit auto and if we have a new raid coming I'm in a higher end guild now. I thought we're, I'm going to have to spend as much time refreshing, but at the same time, if I'm in a higher end guild and the competition is going to be a lot fiercer for those top 10 spots. Yeah, that's so what makes a raid is right now, the reward structure of the raid. Like the best thing I think they did was when you sim the, uh, the pit raid, it doesn't just give you like one to 50. It's everybody shares. I think when we looked at it, it was like the average of a six to 10 reward. Um, that was fantastic because the entire guild can grow together. I hate the Sith raid with a passion because I am a very competitive person. I am also probably more loyal than I should be. And I want to see my guild do well. And so the two sides of me are kind of put at war <laughs> of, am I going to finish top three so that I get the gear so that I can gear the galactic legend? Or am I going to, at which in doing so screws other members of the guild or do you play for the guild? I know back in the days of, um, well, actually, it was you yelled at me when I brought my alt into uh, 50. And one day we had a Sith raid and I finished one and two with my main and my alt. And you're like, can't do that. People are going to complain. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, that, that was some BS, dude. <laughs> no, hey, I they, actually they didn't. Hit it. <laughs> I didn't really mind. Uh, you know, I, I think I was past the get, like we're going to have an unlockable character too. So like red yeah. five is coming or something, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's going to be, that's the other piece of it though. Like 
if people people were wanting to unlock Treya faster, I, I had Treya super fast. Like I was uh, one of the first in my shard, even though we far we got to farming her slower, I got top three every single time. Yeah. Yep. And so I, I think the one guy, the one crack in on in our shard got got the unlock like the day before I got or not the unlock, he got seven star Treya the day before I got seven star Treya. And <laughs> like I think that that was the biggest thing of like you want you wanted your guild to do well. You're having your alt partake in these top ten, uh, you know, especially top three prizes. Like that's it's yeah. just I can imagine why people would be frustrated by that. So right, and also the thing about the new raids are um, you look at the top end guilds, <laughs> and a lot of the people in there are ultra competitive they're not going to stay in the guild where they can't finish top 20 because of the raid um just they're not going to in fact i wouldn't if i if i was guaranteed that there are going to be times that i'm not finishing top 20 in the raid i would leave and go to a different guild that i could finish in the top spots because like you said there is a distinct advantage of getting the character early in your arena shard. Um, you don't want to be the guy that can't counter the new raid tune or the new raid team because you didn't care about raid. Right. Well, that that's like a serious concern too of, dude, if we get a new raid, our, our entire fabric... Uh, the entire fabric of the game is going to change dramatically of the guilds. Like everyone's going to reposition themselves again. Right. Cause right now everyone can just kind of go where they want. They'll get, and we, people have, uh, people can go and Merc uh, elsewhere if they're worried about raid rewards. Yeah. Like it's, right. it's all just fun. Like, Hey, let's, let's go join a territory war guild just cause we want to, we have extra time or let's, you know, let's join a laid back guild. Cause we don't have more time, whatever. <laughs> and it's going to change everything once we once this comes out. It will. In fact, I I was the so I was recruiting for our alliance back then when the Sith raid came out, and it was so. I mean, people were literally falling at your feet to come into guilds that were beating the Sith raid, um, and we actually we did good as an alliance to get everybody on board doing that. So I mean, like I was telling people, no, get away. <laughs> when the Sith Raid first came out, uh, or at least a month after the Sith Raid came out, because they were dying to get the shards. Um, so you're going to see a lot of the, like the 280 to 290 million GP guilds fold. What's going to be interesting is you're going to see some of the top end guilds contract or have to come up with a plan. Like I'm sure Team Instinct and Maw and all of them I'm sure they're going to have a bunch of alts in Merc Guild so that everybody can get decent raid rewards at the start, or at least, you know, within two weeks so that they don't fall apart. Um, but the other guilds are not necessarily going to be able to do that. And so very curious to see how, how it all plays out. Um, but yeah, kind of took this down a path I wasn't expecting to go tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just say one last thing like yeah. uh, it's just gonna be it, it's just gonna be a very interesting situation because uh, in my opinion like 
that was the only time until we finally did leave. That was the only time I was actually tempted in the slightest to leave our guild, like yeah. because people weren't putting in the effort. And I have screenshots still that I'm, I, you know, I remain bitter about this. Like, like I was doing like tens of millions more damage in <laughs> tier six than yeah. everyone else. Like it, it was, it was crazy how much more I was doing than everyone. And then after you get to the top five, it was like some people were doing like one or 2 million maybe. And like, that's going to put some strain on. Cause I was putting, I was given everything I do in my five attacks. Every time we hit refresh, like I was putting in the work and yeah. like it, it's going to be an interesting thing. I not, not necessarily for the good though. I mean, the new rewards, it, it all points to us getting a new uh, way to advance our accounts, whether it's going to be mods or new gear or relics or something. We're going to have a new method of progression, account progression. Yeah, which actually that's one of our podcast questions. So we can oh, hold off on that. <laughs> let's actually start. Let's move to the podcast questions. We, we probably should. Um, all right. So first podcast question. So if you remember last week, we held off on giving a serious answer to this because we're like, let's see what the other requirements are. And then the other requirements can't come um, or came, I should say, and has no impact on this podcast question. So what GAC compositions would you use with an R7 Sidious and an R4 Mall? And I'm going to say none. (laughs) None right now, at least. Yeah, gosh. Well, here I, I have a thing. My buddy, my buddy Hens is really good at Grand Arena. Um, he actually just beat Gom recently. Uh, kudos to him. Uh, but he just sent me a screenshot of a team he was thinking of, and it looks horrible. So I don't know what he's thinking, but he wants <laughs> to do uh, Mall lead with the Zeta with Sidious with the Zeta. Uh, Marauder, Sith Assassin, and Sith Empire Trooper. And I guess it's not as horrible. Like if, you, especially if you get a relic, some relics on um, the Assassin, like you can do a lot of damage. They all have that annoying evade mechanic. Like I don't see it being a top sixteen or top fourteen team, honestly. Like put that on defense and <clears throat> watch your opponent mock you. But like. I guess some people are like, it it doesn't look easy necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, every time we get these, it looks really easy. (laughs) It does. (laughs) Every time we get these galactic legends that come out, people try and force the relic tunes onto their defense. Um, 90% of the time that usually lets me troop or something. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, a mall team, I probably won't trooper because of the stupid evade mechanics. But uh, just because you have a relic, look at it as just applying a piece of gear for your galactic legend. Like it sucks. I know it sucks. My alt is suffering from this, but don't try and force something that's actually going to make it your defense weaker just because you want to use the character. Well, and that's this, that's the thing. Like if you want to have a cool narrative uh, composition where you put all Sith in one zone and 
some Jedi in another or whatever. Like you want to do something cool, like kudos to you. Cool. Like have fun at first. If you want to be competitive, probably just leave them on the bench until you can't clear geos and then you sacrifice them to the geo gods because maybe you could maybe take one character out or something. Right. Yeah. Like right now they're not, they're not that usable. Oh yeah. Here, here's the real answer to this. Oh, let me make sure I, I read this. Yeah. So what GAC compositions would I use those two in? I would use those two in the same squad as Sith eternal <clears throat> emperor. <laughs> that's there. Like that's, there. that's the yeah. composition. Right. And who knows? They very well, may be needed for him. Um, we'll see. <laughs> you know, I, I guess we'll see. Actually, you know what? Sidious on a Supreme Leader Kylo team wouldn't be bad with the opening AOE that pops uh, exposes on everybody. And then, I, not that you need him, but I'm just, I'm stretching here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's see. <clears throat> I think is Mob Enforce a dark side? Uh no, he's a light side. Damn it all. I'm trying to think of a bad a really bad dark side character. Um you know, Gamorian Guard. You know who what squad he would be best with? None. Supreme Leader Kylo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> so I mean it, it, he wouldn't be good with Supreme Leader Kylo, but yeah, like I, I just right now they have no use. I'm not convinced that they won't that they'll be useless though. I I think I think those two might legitimately be on the Sith Eternal squad. So yeah, they, so they've hinted at uh, Luke having Jedi synergy. I think the converse of that is that Palp will have Sith synergy. You're not going to want to break up your Darth Revan team. You're not going to want to have maybe your Treya team. I guess it depends on the kit, but. I could see an R7 Sidious stacked with a bunch of potency and a bunch of health um, showing up on a Palp team until we see the kit in a couple of days. And then I might completely take all of that back, but we'll see. Yeah. I, I'm excited to read their kits and draw the wrong conclusions again. It'll be good. Yeah. Good fun for all of us. <laughs> right. Um, let's get through the next question. Yeah. We, we, we have a bunch. Um, we, we might not be able to make it through all of them. So, if Galactic Legends were not a constant drain or factor in consuming all your gear and hoarding materials, what faction or pet projects would you love to gear and work on? And you probably already answered this, but answer again. <laughs> yeah, so Bounty Hunters are the number one, and Mon Mothma Squad is the very close, to, very close second. Those two squads need way more investment from me than if I want to make them work well, they need way more investment from me than I can currently give. Instead, I'm putting gear on Darth Sidious and, uh, you know, whatever. Like I, it's the same complaint. We geared Rose Tico and now our GP is high enough and other characters are geared enough that she's not even part of our top 65. Like it was just, right. you know, in a, in a way, we just geared. That's like gearing another, just piling that extra gear on top of the on top of Ray. You know, like Ray right. cost that much gear. That that's what it essentially was. So exactly, uh, yeah. Um, I actually have the exact same faction pet projects I would work on. I, I want to get the three Mando tunes 
uh, geared up into G13. And I want, um, well, Kara fits the Mon Mothma squad, but I, I want to uh, finish gearing a Mon- the Mon Mothma squad because at the very least it makes you think in uh, Grand Arena, you know. So those are the two I would work on. If I had to pick a third, I would finally finish my droids, I guess. Uh, I mean, other than that, I have I have what I want geared. So maybe droids. Yeah, may, maybe like Night Sister Spirit or something. I don't know. You know, just own it out there so you can, <laughs> even when you go on tilt and try to kill General Grievous with Night Sisters, like maybe it'll actually succeed or something. I don't know. Just just crazy talk, but yeah. Uh, uh, whatever I'm, I'm talking crap here but uh like here, here's the other project i guess it, and you know in the comments i've been saying i want i want to work on gar saxon and imperial super commando i would love yeah. to do that actually like they they suck in game right now i think eventually we're going to get a mandalorian faction frankly and i think that they're going to be super relevant so i think that if you want an empire fleet, and I didn't say this in the in our fleet discussion, we don't have to go into it, but the empire fleet with the Thai bomber, right now, if you go full relics, so it, it's the same level of investment as if someone went with a full negotiator fleet, you can go toe to toe and consistently beat every single other fleet out there, including negotiator oh, yeah. and malevolence. You just need to put Gar Saxon and Imperial Super Commando at like relic five, that's all. Like it, it's obnoxious as hell. I don't want to do that, so I'm not going to. But like, I would love to start working toward that because that fleet is legitimately strong, and that that ship is a very important. It's like the linchpin in that squad or in that fleet. And so I, I would, I would go, I would gear Gar, gear Gar. Gosh, alliteration <laughs> for the win. Fair. Uh, all right. Next question. What tunes should get the Vet Han Vet Chewy treatment, aka get tags they should have but would have broken the game when released, aka Treya with uh, the Treya Trio and Sith Empire, etc., etc. All right, I need to read this just to see which tune should get that treatment. So that's not asking like in light of anything, like just in general in the game. Yeah. So if I'm going to excite Reddit, I'm going to say Visus Mar. <laughs> and I actually yeah. agree. Like, she's just kind of in a weird place. I actually like a lot of elements of her kit. She should get a couple tags and just a couple. I swear, it, you, she would be really good if you just took away the stipulation of her counters. Uh, like, She's primarily to counter Sith, and yet you can't count. She doesn't counter if she's debuffed, and all Sith do are debuffs. That's their whole thing. So it's obnoxious as hell to say, like, hey, we don't have a way for you to get rid of these debuffs, but if you, by some magical accident, don't have any debuffs, then you're going to be pretty decent against them. If they just took that away, if they, like, anyways, we don't need to talk about her kit, but, like, People are going to say Fulcrum, Ahsoka, probably. Uh, Hate that one. She should be Phoenix. She shouldn't be. But anyway. What's that? She shouldn't be. But anyway. shouldn't be? No. Fulcrum? Yeah. Uh, Uh, (laughs) I'd be okay with it. I'd be fine. But 
Yeah, I don't know. Those those are the characters that come to my mind because apparently I'm pro Reddit. Yeah, I I would love to see uh, Wampa get. See, here's the problem. I don't know what tag Wampa would get, but I want to see Wampa fit into a team better than just oh he synergizes with the dots and the Vader lead. Like I I want to something uh, <laughs> that. Um, other than that, I really don't have any, I guess. You know, Visa, I agree 100% with Visas, but you talked about Visas already, so I won't just regurgitate that. Um, there's a bunch of characters that could go. Probably. That could take it. Um, like Gar and, uh, Imperial Super Commando, we kind of brushed on them anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, but they're not really, like, like a lot of people want Super Commando to get the trooper tag. He, They really weren't Imperial Troopers, though. Oh, they're um, Mandalorian. I, I, right. I agree. And we don't have the Mandalorian tags. We just don't have enough actual Mandalorians around. So, I, you know. I know people are gonna uh, get ready for the nerd rage, or you know whatever the mainstream rage when they make a Mandalorian faction and Boba and Jango are not part of it. It's right. gonna be awesome. Except for <laughs> that's not even a CG thing. That's a Disney says no thing. So, um, yep. You know, <laughs> like the, there's literally nothing that CG can do there. Um, yeah. People are still going to, they're like, well, they have the armor. And, and in the, the other storylines, Jingo was a, I don't know, they have fun. There's fun arguments that I enjoy. I don't. Right. I enjoy avoiding them. I do too. Um, but, yeah. Okay. Fun question. A lot of these questions are quick answers, so we might be able to get through them. Uh, from a strictly enjoyment of the game standpoint, what's your three squads that are most fun to use? Gosh, it's um, a good question. That is fun. Um, I love I love using bounty hunters. They're that's probably my number one team, honestly. Uh, just in terms of pure joy, uh, really like them. I really like what you can do if you know how to use a, a Commander Luke team, and that that's before like Chupio kind of gave them the easy button but i've like you can be so precise and like you can have so much control with that team i i enjoy the heck out of a good commander luke team uh with or without chupio like i said it's the easy button now so like it's like oh yeah well duh like you just put you hit auto right um you know i so i liked that squad and then I don't know. Like I, I really, I'm not, I'm not super good with them still. Uh, but I, I truly, I really like Night Sisters in the way their mechanics work. They're just fun. Like you just, you, your squad is getting the, you know, the crap kick it kicked out of it, <laughs> and you're like, yes, keep kicking me. Like yeah. it, it's just cool. I guess I could say troopers too, but that that's you know, I'll let you say that. So what are, what are yours? <laughs> So JTR is still number one on the list. She is the ultimate control team. Um, and I love her team. Then uh, 
See, I, I am going to say Troopers, so thank you for leaving it for me because I like I like teams that can finish a battle in 20 seconds, and Troopers fit that tag every time somebody puts Bounty Hunters on defense. So thank you for putting Bounty Hunters on defense. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to take it way back to I loved the arena meta where I was running CLS Chase. Um, and then who else did I have in the team? I think I just had Thrawn and Nihilus in the team. Like it was an absurd team that had no synergy other than CLS and Chase. Um, but again, it was such a control team because it's like CLS has the stun and everything. And then Thrawn will fracture somebody and then Nihilus will drain cooldowns. And next thing you know, this team has run over you where CLS is really the only damage. And it was fun. Um, so I'm going to go with the CLS chase meta, even though they're really not good to play with anymore. Yeah. I really liked the random Rex teams that I could pull things off <laughs> with too. Yeah. Yeah. The old hide the Nihilus with Rex. Uh, yeah. I didn't really ever do that, but yeah, that, that was good. Yeah. All right. So next question for the galactic legend events, which faction do you think will be needed for each of the new galactic legends? So, you know, Ray had resistance. Kylo had first order. We really don't know about the new galactic legend. So speculation time here. What factions do you think are needed for them? Like for the actual events themselves, right? For the actual event. Ah, that's that's tricky because all the requirements for Luke were rebels, right? Like, there was there anything other than rebels even on the requirements? Like, we had Jedi training Ray, who's not a rebel. Yeah, that's is, is everyone else a rebel? I guess Jedi Luke isn't. Jedi right. Luke isn't. But otherwise, like everyone else is rebels. Like. It would be... Oh, Hoda, too. Yeah. Oh, sure. Sure, Hoda. So we, we have we have two Jedi and one lightsaber wielder. I, that's not <laughs> Jedi. Uh, right. She's, a, she's Jedi training. That's the closest Rey ever gets to being a Jedi, apparently, <laughs> is Jedi training. Yeah. <laughs> or being a Skywalker. Take your pick. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess so. Let's see the unlock the unlock event for the other one. Uh, it all took place in the throne room, right? Well, I guess not all of it. It took place in the movies, like in theoretical yeah. situations where they were killing random first order guys or resistance, whatever. Um, so where where do we see Luke the most? Probably like we don't really see him. Uh, we see him alone, ha hanging out with. Uh, ghost yoda and we see him otherwise hanging out with ray and a bunch of rebels in the in this you know original trilogy so he, sh he should probably need rebels uh, in my opinion i don't know i uh, i think he should or i think he's going to use rebels i but they say that he's going to have a Jedi synergy, so I don't know. Because he does have, um, you know, Luke and Hoda as requirements. So maybe. I 
honestly don't know. I think Palp ends up requiring Sith, but his requirements are much more, uh, well, not much more varied, but they're varied between Empire and Sith. So I think Palp ends up requiring Sith. Uh, Luke, I, you know, you kind of struggled to answer it, which I think is fair because I think I am struggling to answer it. I think the requirements say Rebels, but the kit's probably going to say Jedi get used in the event. I don't know. And maybe we'll need both factions for both could Empire be. and Sith and Rebel. And I mean, we could easily, we, that could easily happen. Honestly, it, yeah, it, it could very well be the first three levels are rebels because they're original trilogy based, and then after that, it goes to Jedi. Um, who knows? You know, we didn't, it might just be like the story of how they progress over time. Like, all we yeah. have, we might, we might actually need like Commander Luke or something with the rebels. It, like, we'll need, yeah. we might need a we might need a, uh, like, each individual mission is going to take another, I don't know. It, I guess I I feel like I'm prepared either way, but maybe we all fail our initial missions, all of them, and we're <laughs> all just, real, that's when we get angry at CG. <laughs> that, that, that could be. Uh, that very well could be. All right, so next one. Let's, there are technically 11 ship tanks outside outside Houndstooth, which is clearly the king. I think argument can be made there. And Rex's, which isn't really a tank, just like Fives. What tanks can be more universally utilized? Should we care about the bomber or the Sith bomber as a tank somewhere, for example, especially considering Marauder might be going to R7? Um, Yeah. So, go on. Yeah, I think that that's uh, that's that's uh, the the universal tank other than Houndstooth is Sunfac, I think, yep. um, and he is generally, to my understanding, needed with malevolence. Um, I've seen a couple yeah. people theorize that they want to run Tarkin with uh, the Geo Trio, which is an interesting idea, and then just run like IG-88 alongside Hyena and Vulture. And I don't know, like there's, there's worse ideas. There's probably better ideas. I don't know. Um, the Sith tank, uh, the Sith bomber, the, the, like whatever. We're going to have a Relic 7 Marauder. I've seen him used to be annoying on malevolence comps as reinforcements right now there's nothing though it's a desolate wasteland for tanks except for their designated tanks for their factions like the btl y-wing goes with negotiator and it's great wonderful tank for that fleet pretty mediocre any other fleet uh same with the rebel y-wing and yeah so that's my take what do you think uh, I, I basically agree with what you say. I, I do use the Sith tank, the uh, Extinction Bomber, on my Malevolence fleet right now just because it's another tank and, you know, the goal is to keep them alive <laughs> until the ultimate goes off, basically. Um, I will say Clone Sergeant on a Negotiator fleet really isn't that great anymore and can be used as a reinfor- reinforcement in any fleet. So... Maybe that. Um, 
That's but, a good point. But we we need more tanks. Uh, that that's the biggest problem in fleet right now, especially who are you going to run with the resistance or uh, first order fleet teams right now? <laughs> You're not. So it, I, I think this question just highlights how bad we actually need more ships and them being tanks, at least give us faction based tanks. Yeah. That's, that's what everyone's saying that the, the current, uh, the galactic legend fleets need you know the the finalizer and radis they need their own tanks and i agree it's super awkward when you can't even feel the full squad like a complete squad or fleet whatever right yeah so here's just a slight divergence a a slight prediction we're getting that squadrons game pretty soon Uh, maybe that's their opportunity maybe they're going to get an ocean of new ships just introduced yeah. to the game and squadrons can be the part of the start of that. I would gladly invite that. Um, but we didn't get anything from battlefront. So who knows? Yeah. I'm not holding my breath. And as, a, as an, a, another aside, I would love characters from fallen order. Just saying. Yes. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next question. How to mod Malik for GAC defense against Padme or Darth Revan? Uh, lots. So against Darth Revan. So Malik against Darth Revan. There's not really a way to mod Malik to beat Darth Revan other than if, if you're afraid of that, then you could do some weird stuff where like Marauder goes uh, just a little bit faster than Darth Revan or something. Or Sorry, Malik a little faster than Darth Revan. So that he can dispel the Sith Empire troopers, so that Revan can hit the leader uh, and fear everyone. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think that there's a way. Just make him tanky. Make him good. Make make him like fast and tanky against Darth Revan, against Padme, and against uh, against other squads. Like I think right now, the way you want to mod Malak is frankly, tons of tenacity. Lots of tenacity. Then. Anakin, Jedi Knight Anakin can't land his healing immunity on him, or at least it's going to be harder to do that. And um, if he can't land healing immunity, then Malak eventually just eats the squad. That, that's my take. And it's also very good if you put him in ray compositions, which are kind of an abomination, granted. But if you do that, which a lot of people are doing, he can resist uh, the Vader uh, counters because vader can't apply his dots if your malik is 190 plus tenacity yeah yeah i i mean i agree with everything you said (laughs) yeah uh all right so the next question i think we should actually skip um i'll read it just so people know why we're skipping it but it's it's actually a fantastic question it just takes a lot of analysis (laughs) Um, for newer players. So less than two years, there's an ocean of content to farm up with multiple high value teams to pursue. Unless somebody is willing to drop a large sum of money, some of these teams will have to be ignored for a long time, if not forever. So question is outside of GLs, 
how would you go about ranking the must-have meta teams and which ones would you recommend ignoring in pursuit of more important teams? And like I said, I think that is a fantastic question. Um, I think it's one to talk about when we don't have a lot to talk about because you could easily spend an hour talking about that question easily. Yeah. Or seven hours. Um, Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. So I've given that a lot of thought and I I really could just go on at length. Right. I think what we do with that one and I think it might just transfer over (laughs) for a couple of GAs. I imagine next week we're talking about galactic legends Uh, Usually in the middle of Grand Arena, there's a week or two that we don't have a lot to talk about. So for that week, this might just pop up um, as something to talk about that week. So not next week, because it's going to be about Galactic Legends. Um, But I'll keep this on, on our outline. That way, when we have time to actually... you know, divest into it, we can. Uh, obviously, the person that asked it is on our server. So if you want to ask us off the podcast, please feel free and we can we can talk you through it as well just on our Discord server. So We can work something out. Right. <laughs> no, I, I, well, we can work something out. I, um, yeah, I, I just think, let me just say this. I'll be real brief. Um, Focus on the squads that you need to get just the, the basic characters, like the, the Commander Luke team. Uh, that, that team is, like, if you get everything, including, like, you, you want to unlock, like, 3PO, uh, Han, Chewie, Commander Luke, all of those, and then General Skywalker, uh, like, all of the teams that are required to unlock that, and you'll be on the right track. Like, those, those events are a culmination of a lot of like you can't go wrong with with going for those characters for the like for farming those those teams and everything you in my opinion that's that's the roadmap to success so you know we can move on but right okay so this we are we actually already hinted at this one earlier uh, so which of the following do you expect to see in the next four to six uh, months the most and which would you say is least likely mods 3.0 level 90 increase a new relic upgrade or more changes to the grand arena map or any change to tw so if you had to say one is the most likely and one is the least likely which would they be Gosh. Uh, so i don't think mods 3.0 is the right way to say it i think it would be um Right now we have six E mods. I think we'd get six D mods is my my prediction. Um, level 90 increase. Uh, let's see. So I don't think we're going to get anything for Territory Wars. I think that that ship has sailed for the conceivable future. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't really care one way or another. <laughs> I Yeah, I'm just over that mode for the yeah. most part. Um, so I, I mean, we just saw changes to the Grand Arena map. I think we, I think we will see changes to the Grand Arena map. I, I would say that's the number one most likely, though. I, I don't, I don't think that that's mutually exclusive 
to the other these other things. Um, I think we see changes to the GAC map in the sense that we get more squads packed in at least. Um, if we're gonna go like to a T-shape map or something, I think maybe that is pretty unlikely. Um, I, honestly, I think it makes the most sense that they just give us new relics to upgrade. I think like a, a relic level eight that gave us gave a character plus 20 speed would make <laughs> a lot of money sense for them. Like that, it's gross to think of, but gosh, like plus 20 speed, you know? So uh, they could do that. So I think the most likely there is a new relic upgrade uh, <laughs> with, and the least likely is territory wars. Yeah, I am. So I am going to go with most likely, I agree with you on the grand arena map, but that is not mutually exclusive. So I'm going to go, with the most likely in the next four to six months will be the next level of mods. Um, I think 6D is coming, and I think it's coming sooner than most people think. I think least likely is actually the level 90 cap increase. I don't think we ever see a level cap increase um, ever in this game. For those of you that know what levels mean, um, and a lot of people don't, so I guess I should sum it up. So when you're looking at like potency checks and stuff like that, if you are out-leveled, it, it basically makes it harder um, to apply debuffs, etc. So if you look at all the raid bosses, if you look in the harder galact or the uh, territory battle levels. All of the enemies are level 90. That's why they're resistant or their um, tenacity is so high. Yes. That's why their tenacity is so high is because they out-level everybody that they're facing. Uh, So to give a level increase would make them have to go into every single event and... um, adjust every single event and they've already said that all those events are built by spaghetti code i don't think it's something they ever want to do so when you're talking least likely i agree i think tw is stuck being tw but i think level 90 is even less likely yeah i I, so i'll say this i agree with you basically every point you make i'll say this though If we're really, so we're getting new Galactic Legends, we're getting a new raid that is uh, probably built with these Galactic Legends in mind so that uh, they don't just auto automatically solo (laughs) this new raid. I think that if they ever do do have a limit, a level increase, this is the time. I'm not saying that it will happen. I think it's unlikely, but if they do have one, I think right now is when it's going to happen or it probably won't happen ever yeah so 85 is such an awkward number though it is, I, it is such a weird number <laughs> yeah. i don't Couldn't really care like I, I just kind of blur it out blur it out and i think it would be the next level of hell trying to race all of the krakens everyone like maxing out their oh, energy to get to yeah. level 90 i think that would be miserable aff but one yeah. way or another I, yeah i think it's unlikely like Right. The other the other option that they didn't include here is why not start giving us gear 13 pieces to work towards 14 and have relics just unlock at 
gear 13 have have pieces that go up to gear 14 and then you unlock a different aspect of a character i, I mean well that doesn't sound fun to me but well they, they i mean they they can always change what they say but they've basically said 13 is the is it relics are replacing gear levels they're not adding another gear level so they can always change what they say but it's the current game's head of development that said it so you know uh, yeah, I think everything's. I think that that is open. Honestly, I think that they could yeah. do that. That being said, they they've already made it extremely difficult to get one character all the way up to gear thirteen. Like it, it's expensive, like crazy. Yeah. If you have to buy all the gear from nothing, which a lot of the krakens have to do, uh, you know, it, it's it costs hundreds of dollars. So if if you do add more gear, it's too much. But yeah, just just throwing it out there, possible. Subject to change, as, as Ando in the comments says. Yes. Um, all right. See, we made it through all the, the oh. podcast questions. Well, mostly, except for that one. And we're keeping it under two hours because we're in our last segment. So we are. We already talked about what you did to prepare for Grand Arena this week, <laughs> but why don't you sum it up again for those that missed? <laughs> all right. So I was a little bit inaccurate, actually. It, it occurred to me. So... Things I've, I've updated on my account, um, the aforementioned Biston gearing, <laughs> uh, which included one piece of gear to get that <laughs> ship up. Um, so gear 12 plus four instead of gear 12 plus three. And then I did get Biggs and Wedge up to gear 13. Um, okay. Now that we have all the, all the, all that we have, all, now that we have all the announcements, I also got Mothra up to gear 11. Uh, for, she was gear eight actually. So, and then I gave, uh, I gave Princess Leia my remaining gold balls and I came up <laughs> short. I don't have enough. So she is um, gear 11 still with, she only needs one more salvage. Actually, I'm at 49 of 50, oh. her final gold <laughs> ball. I don't think I'm going to make it for GAC lock and I don't care. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so what what about you, Solo? What have you done? You've done more than me, I think. Uh, actually, after you went through that list, I don't think I have. So, I, as I mentioned, I applied the POW Zeta. Um, so that that was my big Zeta application. I I finished starring Chupio, and I had all the gear ready for him to immediately go to R five. So Chupio is now R five in time for Grand Arena. Um, I mentioned it earlier that within minutes of the announcement of the Galactic Legend requirements coming out, Leia, Leia got uh, brought to G13, Biggs got to G13, and Wedge got brought up to G12. Uh, yeah, so that's what I did. And, you know, there's going to be lots of snickering in the audience because of the POW Zeta, but... If you look at that POW Zeta and you look at how a Mon Mothma team works, it is a scary good Zeta. It's awful off a Mon Mothma team, but with on a Mon Mothma team, it is a scary, scary good Zeta for somebody that got two seconds of screen time in a movie. <laughs> Dude, I am uh, colored me impressed for making them making a kit in this game 
that actually made the POW Zeta good, like legitimately strong yeah. without any kind of rework at all. That's, you know, we should have talked about this. Let's see. It's one minute and fifth or one hour and 57 minutes. We got a minute quick. Uh, so we should have talked about this, but when we're talking about the excitement of the new characters, the last bad character that they released was Rose. <laughs> like they've released so many good characters recently and the characters that they're releasing are just buffing old teams. Like Piet brought troopers up another level. Uh, Mon Mothma brought these rebel fighters who didn't have the tag before up another level. Like these characters are, they're polishing turds, as somebody would say. They're they're doing fantastic <laughs> things without needing to rework all the characters, and that's quite impressive. Yeah, I, I think I love the trajectory they're moving in. Um, it's going to get awkward when they come out with something that makes Jawas good, and I have to actually put <laughs> effort into them. But like, I actually welcome that. Like, give me a good, an interesting Jawas squad. I'm I'm good with that. Like. I, Make all the characters interesting, please, because then I have more options, more opportunities for fun, diverse uh, roster construction. So Yes, yeah. <sighs> all right, so Solo, I think that that's about it, brother. I think we need to do an abbreviated shout-out to all of our multitudinous content, and peace the F out. <laughs> yes, agreed, agreed. Okay, real quick. Um, so we've already talked about our discord page. If you look in the description below, both on Twitch and in, uh, the podcast description, if you're listening via podcast, you will find the link to discord. Uh, it's one of the biggest grand arena discord servers in the game. Now I, I actually went to a bunch of discord servers and we're not quite there yet, but we're, we're quickly yeah. approaching the biggest grand arena discord server in the game compared to sizes yeah <laughs> it's, you know where's where's derp when you need him um <laughs> do you ever really need or, no, you need 50 percent of them uh so uh we also both have individual youtube pages there is also a gambit podcast youtube page you can find uh our youtube pages by searching our names on youtube Mine is SoloBase15, S-O-L-O-B-A-S-S-1-5. Zareth's is just his name, X-A-E-R-E-T-H. Gambit Podcast is actually Gambit Podcast, one word with the number one afterwards, because apparently there's a Gambit Podcast somewhere out there, and they need to give that up. Um, The one is a middle finger. Exactly. Uh, All right, so... We both have our individual Twitch pages. Mine is simple. It's solobase15. Again, yours, they had to make difficult. So you are Zareth underscore prevails. That's X-A-E-R-E-T-H underscore P-R-E-V-A-I-L-S. You can find us on Twitch there. We already mentioned our Friday night streams and our fantastic schedules for October. Um, So... We will be doing that on our Gambit podcast Twitch page, one word without the one on Twitch, uh, every Friday night, along with this podcast on Monday nights. Uh, And then finally, saving the best for last. Um, 
we have our counter sheet, which is a Google document. Despite all disbelief, it is not temporary in nature. It is quite permanent. Um, <laughs> and on this, uh, di uh, on this counter sheet, we have the full team that we faced on the left. That means we list out all five members. You're not just going to see a headshot of, uh, you know, whoever the leader is. On the right, we have the full team that we use to face that team. Again, you're not just going to see the headshot of the leader. We're going to list out the entire team. Then directly next to that, there is going to be a time-stamped link to a video of the fight. That's what makes this counter sheet so useful. You can see the gear levels. You can see the turn order. You can see the moves that we made. You can play along with us and make your counter work as opposed to just seeing a little face of Talzin, a little face of Brute Alpha, and saying, oh, look, the Night Sisters are a counter at the Geos. No, you get to watch the fight and see how it actually works. Um, it is a very, very useful thing. So with that said, we are ready to get going. Uh, I do just want to acknowledge we had two follows uh, on our Twitch page while this podcast was going one of them recently so thank you momo nadan and then uh he's been in the chat for the entire time thank you lomas mcbardman for the follow we appreciate both of your follows and we look to see you on friday night when ando is here uh causing a ruckus on our friday night stream heck yeah <laughs> Ma Mama Naden, that's cool. That's a character from the Cantina, uh, like a really obscure character from Episode Four. For huh. what it's worth. Good to know. I used to have his Star Wars card. Yep, back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Ando, that's what we will be doing on Friday, or at least I will be getting drunk. Um, so, <laughs> Ando is going to be doing the Han Solo solo. <laughs> So I look for that. <laughs> and T Bone is turning twenty-one on Friday, so come drink with us, T Bone. Uh, <laughs> the, oh, good Lord, the Han Solo Solo. All right, with that said, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We look forward to seeing you on Friday. And please remember to sign up for Grand Arena so that you can join us in fighting for and have a week to talk about at the next podcast. So thank you, everyone, and have a good night, all. And don't be a dick. And evil sucks. Have a good one, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>